Hello Makers, welcome back to the Disrupt It Yourself podcast. I am Andrew, and you are awesome. Let's get into it. I gotta say guys, I'm feeling pretty good because last night I finished um, recording and editing my review of the BCM 3D Sigma in English, and now I'm in the process of editing it and uh, making the Spanish version because I want to have both released at the same time. Anyway, I think it's really good and I worked super hard this time to make the video concise and not long because as you know, since that's kind of the point of this podcast, I have a tendency to ramble on. So I'm trying to uh, relegate my ramblings to the podcast so my other content can be a little bit more digestible. But I think the review turned out really good, and honestly, I, I really had a great time working with the Sigma. It's a, an awesome 3D printer. Super well-built and fairly reliable. I think that's probably one of the points where it could be just a tiny bit better, is in certain things being a tiny bit more reliable, but it's at least as reliable, if not more reliable, than any other 3D printer. And I'll admit, I it's the weirdest thing because I've used plenty of different 3D printers and I kind of feel like sometimes the higher end 3D printers suffer a tiny bit in being as reliable as some of the good low end 3D printers. It's probably a side effect of complexity is just that you have more things that can go wrong. But uh, that being said, the Sigma is definitely designed to be user serviceable. I don't see too many things that could go wrong that I would need to send the 3D printer back or something crazy like that. I even had some issues with the LCD that I wasn't able to really dig into too extensively in the video, um, but I may have mentioned it in a previous episode here. I had an issue with the firmware getting corrupt on the LCD and had to um, re-image the SD card. It has this little 4D systems um, like TFT controller board that runs the LCD and yeah something goofy was just going on with the firmware and we tried a couple times at the time I only had a MacBook and it was really hard to image properly on a MacBook and um, then we did it on a PC and anyway long story short that was fine and I did have some other minor problems with uh, hot end that they sent me but the cool thing is the hot ends are super easy to replace so it's easy to remove one and pop in another one so like if you have really high demands on your 3D printer, meaning like if you're a professional and you rely on it to help you make your money, then you can have a bunch of those just ready to go and pop one in and pop another out, kind of more or less the same way you can with the Ultimaker. Although I'll admit with the Ultimaker, it looks like it's a tiny bit easier to do, but only a tiny bit. It's definitely not hard on the Sigma. So I've really enjoyed that. I'm still trying to crank out some other prints and, you know, challenge the Sigma just a tiny bit more, even if it doesn't make it into my, like, official review. But um, I'm posting all that content, I'm trying to print something right now at home. Did I finish that? That's the worst thing, because I'm so busy with work, and I'm trying to also accomplish things at home, and sometimes I'm kind of running back and forth and trying to do two things at the same time and 
all, they only both get half done, so I apologize, and I, I know I say this a lot, but I just appreciate so much that people are willing to hang around and still anticipate and be excited for the things I'm working on, even when maybe there are delays or I'm not always able to, you know, kick a schedule, even though I push myself to try and have schedules and be consistent. I think that'll just get better as time goes on. Yep. So, other things I wanted to talk about is I've been working on the E3 CNC, which is fully assembled um, for the most part, but I haven't been able to uh, get it running and cut with it, and I feel really bad. In fact, I need to contact Bob CNC so they can, you know, be up to speed on this and not think that I'm shirking that responsibility because they're really cool to work with me and I like what they're doing. They've got this really cool kind of like mom and pop shop kind of vibe and I love that. But I live in an apartment and the plan was always to find a way um, to make that machine fit into that environment. Otherwise I was going to be forced to take the CNC machine like outdoors every time I wanted to use it, which wouldn't be so bad in the short term. And um, I actually got this, um, what would you call it? It's an enclosure, but it's, I'm definitely not using it for what it was designed. It's like a little plant box thing that you're supposed to use indoors. So I got that, and that's what I'm going to put it in and see. It probably won't do much for the noise, but at least containing some of the mess. And then I'll just time my work with it very carefully. There are probably so many other things I could talk about, but um, I even don't want my podcast to be getting too long, so we'll kind of trim it off here, but I'm, I've got a few other things on my plate, things coming down the pipeline. I am trying not to bite off more than I can chew anymore because I set expectations and get you guys excited and don't want anything to slow down, but um, Pseudomod Wormy, like the, the Pseudomod guy, and I have been uh, talking for a while about collaborating and I have a few other um, friends mostly from Instagram that want to collaborate and I'd really like to get a few of these people together and work on something um, for example my big push right now is to get to 10,000 and I have some great partners that want to work with me but I, I want to provide the right service to you guys and to any um, business partners as well and to do that, I feel like I have to be in the right spot. I have to have the right time to dedicate to it, and I have to have the right tools. And one of the big tools for me is when I hit 10,000, this is kind of a little peek behind the social media curtain, but when I hit 10,000 followers on Instagram, um, I should have access to putting links in my Instagram stories. So that will make Instagram a lot easier to use in a professional context. Because right now, the only way I can ever link to a product or an article or anything is the single link that Instagram allows me to have in my profile. And um, anything that adds extra steps means that you're less likely to have, you know, that turnover. But if I can talk about something and say, hey, swipe up in this story if you want to learn more, that's pretty powerful. So I appreciate you guys helping me out. And anyone who I, uh, the thing that gets me the most excited is when people tag other people. 
on my posts because I normally don't, actually I don't think I've ever asked anyone to do that. I know people will spam that a little bit, but people will just do it because they like a post. And to me, that is like the most valuable currency because that means in a very organic way, you're telling your friend, hey, you should pay attention to this guy and attention is king. That's my currency. I need that attention. And that sounds pathetic, but it's because attention is something that we all have a limited quantity of and it's more valuable than anything else really. So thank you for giving me your attention for these eight or so minutes for the couple dozen people who will be able to handle such a long and poorly recorded podcast. But you guys are great. I have so much fun doing this. Um, keep an eye on me on Instagram and YouTube and here, um, wherever you're listening to this podcast, if it's on Anchor or Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. I appreciate you guys so much and cool stuff is still coming slowly but surely and keep on making awesome stuff and I'll catch y'all later. Bye-bye.